Welcome everyone to Wrestling Is Ridiculous. My name is Steve, I'm your guide to the guilty pleasures as we celebrate the silliness in the wonderful world of professional wrestling. Now this week my guest, well first of all this week you can probably tell uh, I've got a bit of a cold, <laughs> my throat isn't isn't fantastic, but we soldier on, we pull through. Um, but I mean it doesn't actually show up in the interview, that was just before, oh, I was on the start of getting a cold, but, so my guest this week is the wonderful Solo Darling, who you might know from Chikara and Beyond Wrestling were her most kind of prominent promotions that she worked for, but took a bit of a break from from wrestling, kind of after the pandemic, everything like that, wanted to reevaluate herself and was uh, going back to school, we get into that a little bit in the interview, Uh, so... Uh, and basically, Solo was someone that I randomly stuck a friendship up with during the pandemic. Like, um, it was just a case of she'd posted something on her Instagram, I replied, and then suddenly we were having a discourse and everything like that. And, like, we just, I mean, mostly we shitpost and stuff like that, but, you know, um, it's just how we communicate. And, yeah, and, and then basically this came along and, you know, I asked, just reached out. I was like, hey, something you'd be interested in? And she was like, hell yeah, let's go. So yeah, like, and that's how this kind of came to be. I will say, um, this one does get a bit heavy in places. Uh, there is a trigger warning around the twenty-five minute mark, um, just because there is talk of some heavy subject material there. It's only for about a minute or so, but I just wanted to kind of do my due diligence and due care and and, and point that out to you as well. Um, but yeah, this is a lovely chat that they said there is some heavy stuff, but you know, she's got a lot to reflect on in her time and just, I don't think I'd be out of line in saying, and I don't think she'd mind me saying that like her, you know, that the original kind of creation that she came to the world of professional wrestling with was a little bit on the, on the silly side, but that actually helps develop her as a person and grow as a character and grow as a performer. So, yeah, and we get into all that stuff anyway, but, yeah. So, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the podcast, Solo Darling. From the Savage Garden, she's taller than a stack of pancakes, leaner than a pint of ice cream, the sugar creature, Solo Darling! Solo, how the fuck are you doing? Hey, what's up? I'm great. I had to break into my house last night. How are you? What the fuck? (laughs) Yeah, you always keep it interesting, you know? You got to keep things spicy (laughs) for your own enjoyment. Everything, everyone okay? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So I went to the Ren Fair uh, with my friends. It's a tradition. You have to go every year. If you haven't been to the Ren Fair, go. Uh, <laughs> the end. That's my, <laughs> that's my advertisement. They should really sponsor me for that one. Put a lot of work into it. And uh, I got home and like I have a system, you know, because like whoever we forget stuff as it is. And and so <laughs> I got home and then I was like, oh, I don't have my I think I have my Oscars. And I looked and I looked carefully. And like there's just some things that have changed in my life that like I can't allow myself to get worked up like that just like i can't allow that okay as best i can now that doesn't mean it's a hundred percent right that doesn't mean i don't get worked up right that doesn't mean like i don't like you know 
turn into the Hulk. But like, I, I just do my best, right? So like emptied the purse, emptied the Renfair bag. Like, okay. And then I was like, my keys and there's no one here. Like my mom's not awake at like 11, you know, like if she is like, she's in bed, what am I gonna do? Mom, I have my keys. Like, no, I'm <laughs> so I was like, all right, side quest time. I have a window. And I, the, the only issue with like, I have a window is I'm five foot tall, despite what many websites say. So me having a window is great. If, if you've seen my matches and you know, all the high flying I've done and that totally checks out. Yeah. So I was like, I have a window. Can I even reach that? Do I have a ladder? Okay. And I hear, you know, Loki, Loki's the first one at alert. And she's just like, she's like, ah, mom's outside. Right. And she turns into like demon dog and like Thor's just like, poof. Right. <laughs> hey, you're on the other side of the door. There he is. Just <laughs> so I, I, you know, I took my neighbor's chair because yeah, he takes everything anyway. So I just took it and like propped it up. I found a leather jacket and like tools in my car. Like, you know, I didn't have gloves, but I took like rags and stuff to get the window open. And like, you know, I have like shelves too. So to move them, the dogs thought it was great because it was a game because <laughs> I make everything a game. If we blow a tire, it's a game. Mom, you know, I'm not stressed out. It's a game. If we're lost in the park and I can't find where I parked my car, it's a game. <laughs> so I'm breaking into my house and the dogs are like, yeah, it's a game. So they're doing like zoomies on the bed, zoomies in the hallway. They're like grabbing bags of stuff and like throwing their toys. Um, and I'm like trying to like tea gray into my house. Um, so I do. I managed to get like up enough and then just like, you know, and my tea gray, I mean like T gray into a cat bed into my floor into my bed uh and then let them out it was really good it was it was nice being back out there oh god never a dull moment it's <laughs> <laughs> so funny I, I completely misheard you i thought you said that someone else had broken i'm i'm so sorry i'm completely no i'm the burglar <laughs> <laughs> i burgled <laughs> No, that, no oh, one's dumb enough to try that. I so oh man, that reminds me. Once part of that, we uh we had our door replaced. We actually we did get broken into during lockdown yeah. at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but before that, before we had our door replaced, we had a door that would just lock behind you. And we left the house. <laughs> me and the wife left the house, and we both realized at that moment we did not have the keys. And so I had to like and and I mean, it was pure hoodie weather. So I can only imagine what any neighbors thought were thinking <laughs> when they see just a guy in a hoodie fucking yeah. climbing the kitchen roof. And because I remembered, <laughs> I remembered the uh, the second bedroom window was open. I'd left that open. So I had to climb up onto the garage, onto the kitchen roof, kind of assassin's creed my way across and fucking climb through the spare window yeah that that was traumatic because it was really slippy and i nearly slipped off the fucking roof so you know oh god oh no you didn't though it must have felt really good when you did it i, I felt like a fucking boss like <laughs> yeah yeah exactly it's so validating after you're like yeah i did it what climb run, the roof run downstairs <laughs> open the door <laughs> and my wife just stood there and she went Hey, what are you doing here? Just, just like... You're like, I fixed it. What? Yeah. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> oh man, that was that was a life. I mean, God, 
that that was a long time ago. But yeah, I mean, when we got broken into during lockdown, all it was was um, we were starting to like fall asleep watching Netflix or some shit, and we went upstairs to get ready for bed, and so we'd go downstairs, finish watching what we were watching, and then we could just crawl into bed after. Yeah. And we came upstairs. I'm brushing my teeth. Wife's drying her hair, and suddenly Haley just shouts across to me. It's like, "Did you leave the downstairs light?" And I was like, "No." I literally a guy. I, so I sprinted down the stairs. A guy had literally come in, walked into the house because like we hadn't locked up, like because we would because oh. we would have done that when we went up to bed, like yeah. And so like we, so I run downstairs. Literally, he's made off. He's only had a chance to grab coat and bag, a, a, a coat and my bag and like a, the spare set of keys, kind of thing. And oh my yeah. god! So so yeah. Um. So he didn't get anything. Thank fuck. Um, oh my god because you know we changed the locks and whatever straight away yeah yeah like and my coat wasn't even worth that much and the the only thing that came of it was in my bag and i completely forgot about it was an old sim card for my phone and he'd reactivated it and it was charging like um he'd been going on gambling sites and charging it to the to the car to the sim card and I saw, oh. and I saw like two hundred pounds go out of my account one month, and I was like, what "The fuck is this?" Rang Whoa. up, rang, rang up, rang up the service provider, and they were like, "Oh yeah, so this has happened." I was like, "I didn't even realize my SIM card was still in that bag." Here's what's happened, and they're like, "Ah oh, shit." Well, at least we know where he is, what phone he's got, everything like that, like kind of thing so you know they can't they blocked it straight away whatever but yeah that was that was uh that was my fun during lockdown was dealing with all that shit wow i'm so sorry that's such like that's like the opposite adrenaline rush that's yeah crazy it's not you could do that with a sim card i didn't even think of that yeah like that's... he'd been going on like gambling he was like yeah he's been going on gambling yeah. sites just charging it to your account i was like fuck like yeah wow yeah what a nuts. weird hustle yeah isn't it like because uh, i was like, like oh, yeah because i was like oh it's just stolen a bag whatever like you know i didn't have like any emotional attachment to the bag or anything like that like it was just yeah <laughs> just like... i like through the pandemic i guess like i like i'd be like oh okay like he needed like some kind of groceries or he need you know like i feel like pandemic you just it's it's like watching 28 days or so you're just taking whatever yeah because you don't know what's happening not to say thievery is cool but you're just like Ugh. It's a bag, but you're just gambling. That's I didn't even think to do that. That's like, yeah. <laughs> that's not where my mind would have gone. Yeah, would have been like oh, groceries is pretty much where I would have stopped. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> laundry. <laughs> that's that's just it. Man. Yeah, well, that, that's the life. Wow, isn't it, wow. I'm glad that like they were like that. You got help with it, and that people were just like, no, oh, good luck. Like I'm glad that people were like, okay, we found this person, and like we can yeah. help you with that. Yeah. Oh yeah but, yeah so uh don't don't leave your shit unattended kids that's that's so uh... <laughs> yeah those signs are real <laughs> cool so i mean just to bring it into the main reason we're here thank you again for doing this i know we've been kind of talking about it for a while and everything like that but in, yeah. in fact the first time i came across you in wrestling i was watching i was look, watching like lufisto stuff and <laughs> that took me to like wsu and like the czw kind of side hustle the first time I saw you was a tag match with you and Brittany Blake against Vader Scott. And I wish I could remember her tag partner. And at the start, you did like a freestyle rap, which was just. I'm so deep and I'm here today. 
such a fuss? No fuss. Can't we all just get along and have a sugar rush? Yeah. Oh my god, who was in that match? Oh, I do remember uh, that match. Quick YouTube search. Oh god. It was you, Brittany Blake, Vader Scott, and yeah, Angel that was Dust. Such... Angel Dust! Oh my god. I don't know. <laughs> just, I wish it, I could remember like like who who initiated that or why that was wanted because I don't think that it was like I remember it not being where we wanted to go because I think we wanted to do like we were at that stage where we were like let's try cool things and there was some kind of story we were given about it and we had to like we were like wait what are we supposed to do we were Wait, how are we supposed to make that work in a match? You want us to what? <laughs> I think okay. it was I think it was Vader I, was trying to kind of recruit Brittany, I think. Yeah. <laughs> it was some kind of we were given some kind of story and then it was like I I remember at the time being very like I'm not trying to dance cuz like there was like a there was a period of time where it was like this this is very cyclical in wrestling uh, like women and dancing. You know, like, I mean, that's like, and then it's like, you know, there's always like, then like in intergender matches too, that's always like a thing, but it was like women dancing. And then I think it was like something about freestyling came up and I don't remember how we came up with that freestyle or why that was there, but I do remember it happening. <laughs> so yeah, that, that was my introduction to Solo Darling. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Then... Those were funny times. WSU is like a very unique experience because <laughs> they all went on to do like really different things too angel dust like uh angel dust went on to do other things and it wasn't like a sister company to shimmer but there was uh i can't remember the name of that company out in in chicago was it shine uh, or was it... to it's gonna kill me what the name of it was um but yeah but she went to work like when we did more shimmer work that she got to do more work like that out there which is really good i got to do more singles work with her too and traveled a little bit with her she's really quick she's really fun to work with yeah what is what is everybody up to now like where are they now <laughs> oh vader's mostly doing commentary now and she's absolutely killing it and oh, she's so good at commentary yeah and Brittany, i'm not sure wow hey you know i'm getting back into freestyle so you might hear uh you might hear my wonderful <laughs> raps coming around soon so yes. stay tuned <laughs> excellent i do many of them on my streams actually so that that is just That's never true. left it's never, I, I love doing them mainly parodies to songs that i like and they're not in rhythm so i hope you enjoy them <laughs> <laughs> Oh god. So I mean like what like actually got you into wrestling in the first place like both as a fan and like into the business. The performance I there was just there's just so many it's so it's changed so much for me. I think being away from it for a little while I've kind of taken that question um like I've taken time with it and I've done interviews where it's like what was your inspiration and I think I've sat with it a little bit where I'm looking back and reflecting because it's it's around that time where for me what I want to do after 15 years of being around the business you know wrestling never leaves your body like once you're in it 
oh, you're not retired or whatever. Like you're yeah. just never got like it's always there. You're always a wrestler forever and ever. Just a, you might change what you do within it or how or your relationship changes with it. But I feel like after 15 years, I'm always in wrestling. But I I actually committed to being a wrestler in a little pizza shop on Sunrise Highway in Long Island with at the time my very long-term boyfriend. And it was a dream of mine as a child, but it wasn't my only dream. It was just a part of it because there's something in wrestling that's different than anything else you'll experience. I love performing and it's, it's not to like leave who I am. It's to be free in who I am. It's to leave constraints of what I do every day. It's to leave the constraints of making sure I have to smile the right amount and be polite the right amount and do things not too much and not too little and be the right anything. It's to be free. Performing is freedom. There's there's no limit because I feel limitless typically every day, but that's not how the world works. And that's not how evolved we are yet to be able to accept each other. And we're only able to accept each other as far as we're accepting ourselves. And so understanding those limitations around us, performing is the most freeing opportunity to be my ultimate self. Now, how do I connect that with my other passions? Well, there's music and freestyling and, you know, all these other things that I'm into as well, like sciences and uh, psychology and neuroscience. And how do you bring those all together, right? Well, it starts small. You find the one that has the expiration date falling on purpose. I was in high school and I wanted to go to Northeastern University for a degree in Bachelor of Science of Chemistry. And my boyfriend was like, we should just, we should go to wrestling. We should go to wrestling school. You have it. And it filled me with that possibility and the dream of like it, that I would, I would be able to get signed and get on the main stage. And I thought, yeah, I could. I always still believe because I think the dream changes for me as I believe whatever that stage is, you know, you learn what the business is and then you're like, oh, well, the stage could be really anything what you want. But when you're young, you think a stage is a very specific thing. Uh, and then that becomes malleable. And so I just agreed. And then uh, I learned I was very stubborn. So I stayed. <laughs> <laughs> and then I learned there was independent wrestling. I didn't know that was. I didn't know that was a thing until I was in it. I was. I thought like I was raised in a very academic household. And so I was like, okay, you go to school and you learn and you meet people and then you do whatever internships are like. And then you go and then it's merit-based in, in some way. But And there's subjectivity, like music, because I was a musician first. And so I thought there was like this mix of subjectivity and merit. And then I found the indies and I was like, oh my God, oh, okay. It's like, what is that? And then I, I thought to stay because I didn't know what that was. So I thought like, you're supposed to do that first. Like that's everything. It's uh, elementary and college and there's no real time limit. That's up to you because that's more of a personal journey. So growth is in the hand of the beholder. I mean, because when you were coming through, I imagine like that's when like the Indies would have really started kicking off. Like Ring of Honor would have been like really like starting to really hit stride and then like Shimmer starts to appear and like Japan seemed yeah. more accessible and things yeah. like that. Like, like you, like it was you, wild. Did you, did you ever get out to Japan? I can't remember now. Twice. 
twice. I, I was able to work for DDT Pro, uh, Tokyo Joshi Pro, when I went out the first time. And then I went out with Sendai Girls and worked for Mako Satomura, which was the dream. She's my favorite. Yeah, so she's it was, the best. it's just very, yeah, it was an honor. Yeah. I mean, both times were lovely and, and I'm just very honored that I was able to do that. Very grateful. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think you, I think you kind of came through it just that like perfect time where wrestling could be what you want it to be. And it didn't have to be one of the big companies to make like a full time living out of it kind of thing, you know? Yeah, it, it increasingly became that way. Like I kind of watched it morph into that. It was a little scary at first because there was a while where it seemed like that wasn't it. <laughs> and I was like, uh. <laughs> so like I was like holding on. To like jobs right like you're holding on to so you're holding on to some kind of thing that you know and you don't really let go and so i don't know there was just so many lessons within that within holding those worlds together that i really valued but letting go was the scariest and best thing you could ever do right definitely definitely yeah. and, and then <laughs> and then you like you went back to school recently as well didn't you like yes <laughs> and i'm going back <laughs> going back again yeah, to get the Amazing. masters. Oh, that's so cool. Oh, I'm really <laughs> proud of you for that. That's awesome. It's so just to bring it back, so what was your favorite ridiculous thing in all of pro wrestling ever? There's so much. Wrestling is so wonderful and ridiculous. Um, I <laughs> there's so like like I love I love that my job consisted of like, I mean, I I was a sugar creature that I wore tails through security. Like I've a security tried to say that my tail was a carry-on, which they were right. <laughs> and I was, and I looked him dead in the face and was just like, it's a part of my body. <laughs> and like, it was like six in the morning. It was just, it was just like an ugly hour of the morning <laughs> and just didn't flinch and just kind of held my tail close to my body. And he was like, yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. And just like, <laughs> Um, like, you know, like conversations you, you never think to have, like with other characters that are like, you know, ants, like you're just, you're an ant and like, you know, you wear a tail and then like, there's just other creatures that are just like, and then you're just those things. Like, you're just those things. And so like your fantasy world is just kind of like also there and like, oh, right. And then so-and-so has to have that or else this isn't going to work. And it's like a magical potion, you know, or like. Thor's hammer is like a real thing. And like, so I think those like magical elements that we take care of in this, the lore of wrestling, the ridiculousness of the lore is great. I also really love that in all of the uh, frustrations that we have as fans and lovers, we still somehow like really hold on to the whole like, no, I have put your arm around the top rope and now it is stuck there. Mm hmm. And like that's like those types of tropes that like, ah, I've put it there and you, <laughs> you'll never get out. You'll never. And everyone's like, oh, well, you're stuck. And everyone just agrees that that's a law. Um, <laughs> so those things I really hold close, like in an abstract way. <laughs> Try to think of like other very specific, ridiculous things. <laughs> I'm sure it'll come to me. Or if you bring something up, because <laughs> it's really tough to like... <laughs> Again, with tropes like that, it's a case of like any other show, you'll see a guy fly over the top rope 20 times, 20 times in a show. Uh, but then Royal Rumble time comes around and I, no, 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 no one's going. No one's going. We used to get coached on that, too. Like you have to, you know, like make it different, make it special. Don't do the like her 
So I used to like to just say the most obscene, obnoxious things. Just talk about like pancakes in a way that you shouldn't talk about pancakes. I used to make my best efforts to say, to say it's just very, <laughs> just very silly things about like how like I couldn't wait to just like roll up pancakes and just eat them very sensually and then just like groan and then grab a leg. Or I used to try and like shoot, throw people out and like mess with them because everybody's everybody's going very light. So it's all like flexed and it's all very like staged. So like what happens if I really do throw you? People would get really <laughs> mad. I've almost accidentally eliminated people that were like critical to storylines in Chikara. And like they'd be like, oh, what are you doing? I'm like supposed to be last. And I'd be like, they said to make it look real. And I used to get some people <laughs> hot about it. <laughs> And again, because like you went through a major like character transformation as well. Like you went from the show creature to like, you know, this proper full-on like serious submission-based wrestler and everything like that, like through Chikara. Like what what flipped the switch with that? Was it just because you'd kind of outgrown it a little bit or oh yeah. The the character I created originally was with the intention of showing softness on purpose. I I had been through so much that no one knew. And that for me means everyone is going through so much. I don't know. That's how I interpreted my experience, right? Like I just went through at the time when the sugar creature was created, right? I had been through several sexual assaults. I had been through a very bad divorce. Uh, I had been through a miscarriage and I wanted to make my dream come true. And I was showing up in neon colors and glitter, telling you that I could drink this powerful drink and take you away and that everything is going to be great because you can do it. I was showing up. I was trying to show people that in the hardest times, I didn't know how to do that without completely telling a very heavy story. So I was trying to keep composure because like, I didn't know how to do that dance. I didn't know how to carry all of that. And I didn't want to bring anyone down. Sure. All of it happened in a very few year span. And then I just had, I was carrying all of it and it was still happening. Abuse was still happening while I was doing it. And then I had finally tried to like leave some of it. And I was like finding a groove with the creature and the tails were getting larger. And I was like in a better place. And so I was trying to cultivate this character to show people that like, if you're like, I'm getting up to show you it's okay. And that if if you can't get up today, I'll get up for you. And I wanted to make that character a main event character. And I didn't know how. I sought counsel from from veterans and it seemed like no one really knew how to help me either. I wanted so badly to like transform that little creature into like a main event. And I knew it needed more, I hate to say this, but it needed more money, right? It needed more, it needed more zazz. It needed something. It needed, I needed help writing it because I wasn't at that, at that level of writing. And then I said, well, maybe it doesn't. And maybe that it served its purpose because that was something that helped. All my characters were expressions of what I was going through in real life. They're all laced with Easter eggs of things I was expressing Right. So they're just artistic forms of what I was going through. And then I just feel I just felt like she was okay. And then I read a lot online that people were misinterpreting that sugar creature as someone who couldn't wrestle. And I was like, well, you know that I learned to wrestle on the road because I, I was I was abused at all. So I, I didn't really learn how to wrestle. They 
so I, I learned before shows, which is, you know, I, I love my story because like, I appreciate everyone that I had encountered that would, I would go early and they'd be like, Oh, do you know how to do this move? No. Oh, Hey, what moves are we doing today? Oh, can you show me how to do that? Okay. And so like before matches, I was acquiring moves. That's how I single move by single move sometimes. Or if I was in Texas, I would catch a class. So after a short period, and that's how I was doing that. And then I found Chikara and I was like, okay. And I took like this duffel bag of the, the squirrel. And I was like, <laughs> I, I was told you do cartoons and I'm here from the enchanted forest. Fucking here. <laughs> Get a load of this shit. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was told this is where the misfits come. Right. Um, <laughs> but I've always like I wanted to because I believed my body could do it. And I believed like I like I knew I could do it. I was like, yo, I could drum. I know that my body can do individual movements like I could see it in my head. I just need somebody to like show me a different way. And then I went to Jakara and to be honest, Quack saw the comments too. I didn't tell him anything. I said, zip. I just showed up at a, at a class and paid the little fee to do one of those seminar things. He looked me up and he took me aside and he's like, hey, I saw these things about you here. And I, I think we could do way better than that, but you have to lose the tail. And I was like, and it was like, <laughs> I was like, I had a problem. I, I like drove home from like, the, I was like two hours away from, from my house. And I was like, uh, and so I wrote myself. I wrote myself a new character. Um, I took things from from Marvel, like from the Wasp. I took things from that storyline that I found inspiration in, and from my own life, and from relationships that I had been growing through, <laughs> growing pains. And in Shimmer, I was working with Lefisto, and that's what that match was based on. When she was turning, and she cuts my tail. And she calls, she's like, you're a joke. You can't wrestle. And she says it. She's, we're basing it off of those people that tried to say that I couldn't work because I was like, no, I can watch. And then I just was like, yeah, screw it. How jacked can I get? Let's do it. Cause like, why not? <laughs> Let's see what else I can do. Hell yeah. It, yeah. It was, it, cause, cause I remember kind of like, Cause I would always dip my toe into like the, into like the American indie scene. And then I was like, you know, I'd got used to seeing you in that, in that way. And then suddenly I see you on your car and he's like fucking powerful, like strong, independent. Yeah. I hate to use the term strong, independent woman, but you know what I mean? Like suddenly you stand up for yourself and there's like the kind of, I hate, again, I hate to use the word goofiness, but like a lot of that had kind of fallen away. And suddenly you're like, you were this big, you were this strong pillar of like staying up for yourself and doesn't matter the, you know, not the size of the dog, the size of the fight and the dog kind of thing. Like, and that's what I took yeah. from that. Yeah, it was great. It was, I have like nothing else, but like, just, it was awesome and it felt good and it felt necessary. I really didn't know what to expect in my story. And that's because I didn't have, I didn't grow up wanting to be, anyone but me i didn't i didn't have the posters on my wall where i wanted to be somebody or and like i used to look at friends and thought i was missing something and i didn't know why i didn't have that i just and i thought i just was different and i i find it so beautiful that people can immerse themselves and like be these characters and do impressions like I try to do impressions, you hear me, but it's always like, <laughs> it'll always then turn into like machete. So, <laughs> so I, I 
I always thought I didn't belong when I started wrestling because I didn't have like a people would say like they would do belt like kind of impressions as Stone Cold or have these WrestleMania moments stick out in their head. And so I always felt like I didn't belong because like I didn't have a finished picture of me because I could never imagine what I would grow into because I didn't know what I would be faced with yet. So I took it as it came and then I'd be like, oh, okay, well, I'm here. So this is what I should, this is what I'll do here. And so I've just kind of been like presenting it as it goes. And then just, it's just unfolding as you're watching it. I'm, I'm unfolding it right alongside you. <laughs> and, I, and I absolutely love that. Like, I, and I think that's actually really, a really good piece of like advice I never thought of. It's like, just, you know, find you rather than trying to be the next something find you kind of thing like but i mean take the inspiration but you've got to kind of know who you are to understand you as like a wrestling persona or whatever it may be kind of thing yeah i don't like i couldn't imagine how i would sell as a character given to me if i fully don't understand myself because like i don't have my own mannerisms yet than to to like then leave my body and some people have like a like a, a natural knack for that but i can't bank on that so i can't advise as someone who used to train and coach i can't advise someone who i don't know deeply that way or a class of people i don't know to like try and do that because that's a talent i can advise to see what comes naturally and i think that's why the advice would be see what is natural and what is what should be most natural is investigate first because either way that self is that self work is going to come first it's going to be here for you whether you do that now or later but the sooner you do it it's going to open up everything and you'll feel more confident and be able to stand up like as i was as the wasp and like grow into that and just be you and you'll be able to do anything because they'll be like, oh, yeah, do that. And then you'll be like, OK, yeah, I could do that because you'll know where your yeses and nos are. So you'll know your limits and then you'll be able to say, oh, I, I can step out of my comfort zone because I've like explored this area already. And your comfort zone gets wider and wider and wider because you know yourself more. But the less you know yourself, your comfort zone is is so small. So you'll be way less adventurous that way, if yeah. that makes any sense. That makes perfect sense. And, and I love that. I love that. So <laughs> if it, do you think there's such things like guilty pleasure wrestling? Yeah. So, so I mean, what's your, what are your guilty pleasures? <laughs> I was like guilty pleasure wrestling. I, <laughs> I don't know. I, I really love physical comedy. I love physical comedy. So if I could wish something like now, if I, if we just had like magic wands, I would probably wish for like top notch physical comedy ability because then I would have the ability to pay it off. So my guilty pleasure would be like the ability to have a fuck around and find out match. And then just, you know, I could pay it off because you got to pay your debts. Yeah. You can't just like, you, cause you, cause the comedy is lost. If you, you they, they won't laugh if you don't pay it off. So you can't just like, you can't just have it all one way, but I think that doing doing slapstick is really fun. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like, it. I think it's someone I've come to appreciate a lot later than I should, and I didn't appreciate it at the time because I was 
all about my serious wrestling and whatever because I was young and stupid. Um, but like Santino, <laughs> like someone like Santino is someone I've come to appreciate so much more in later life. Yeah, because like yeah, yeah. I wish I'd done what he did because he probably made more money than most of those fuckers for oh, so doing good. so little. And I, I wish just... <laughs> I wish I'd paid more attention to that when I started out. Yeah, I think that's something I'm. Uh, I would like to invest more in in this next chapter. Definitely. Yeah, because it's just funny and it feels funny. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait. I can't wait to see it. (laughs) (laughs) So to bring all this home. So uh, in the UK, we had a show called Room 101, where basically celebrities would come on with pet peeves and gripes and things like that and try cast them into like, you know, the, the, the fires of Mount Doom kind of thing and lock them away forever. Uh, so I'm taking that, but I'm also wanting you to pres- to destroy something in wrestling, but also preserve something in wrestling for all time. Uh, destroy something in wrestling and preserve something in wrestling. Yeah, I wish I wish to preserve the like I really wish to preserve the the essence and unity. I don't want that to be lost, like where we come from, what we are, and I I like I fear that dwindles. And I know it's, I know that it's cyclical and I have to just like trust it'll come, it'll come around because I know that it's, it's waning and changing. I, uh, I wish to destroy the, let's see, I would say the lack of trust. There's been like this great, there's been like this great changeover and it got, it got like, it got muddy. The relationship seemed to have gotten muddy in some places and it'll, it'll even itself out because I have trust in that. But it got it got muddy where like the the way that storylines get written and not all fans and this isn't like a broadening thing, but like the relationship with fans and story writing and and how that flow is seems to have like really not healthy communication. So like what fans need and what people are writing and how it's being delivered, right? Like this, so the relationship between what's being put out, and I don't think it's like the delivery of wrestlers. I think the wrestlers are just do, the wrestlers are wrestling their fucking asses off. The wrestlers are like, we're acting, we're here, and we're act, and we're using our bodies, and if we're falling. Are we falling hard enough? Are we? Are we? Have we flown hard enough? And the the writers are trying to dipsy doodle and do these things. But there seems to be this, like, this, whatever this is, where they're, like, fans on the internet to write these things. And it changes the dynamic rather than just writing good stories and paying off the viewers. If they just paid off the viewers and rewarded the viewers for your time and your energy and for paying attention to us. And, like, if they just rewarded the viewers for long-time viewing... And like continued to foster healthy relationships. I think I would I would just like throw that away. Whatever changed in that relationship to make viewers very upset and fans very upset to feel like disregarded to make that very uneven. I would throw that away because that that's like a really unhealthy thing I find that's created such frustration between the two. And I'd like to get to the bottom of that. And that's probably why I'm going for my master's in psychology and neuroscience because it's the reason I went for this degree anyway because of wrestling. but to me out here it seems like we're the workers and the people producing the thing for everyone and we should just keep doing what we're doing and like 
there's a clear distinct difference between the fans that watch all the time and spend all the money and the person that's user 396742 saying smack but you're listening to that one so i think that whatever that thing is needs to go away forever because it would make way more better wrestling for everybody and then and wrestlers wouldn't be as tired and everybody would be happier yeah someone knows no one knows whatever that is let's put that in the box I yeah. agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Like, we should have way more, way more dinosaurs in wrestling. <laughs> uh, yes. I also want to vote for that. Way more <laughs> dinosaurs and dogs in wrestling. I see there's a lot of dogs now. Thor's very happy. He has a lot of friends to come back to. So voting for that. Also vote for more dogs in wrestling. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. More, more dogs everywhere. In more general. dogs in wrestling. A dog concession stand next to the regular concession stand. That's it. That's vote dogs 2024 wrestling. <laughs> 100%. Solo, this has been so fucking wonderful. Thank you so much for giving your time up for me. And please yeah, take this no time to, to plug everything and anything you want to. Yes, everyone. You can follow me at Regulation Solo Darling on Instagram, where I post a lot of crazy stories, more so than I actually put post posts. I'm on TikTok. I'll be posting more, don't worry, at Solo Darling. All the magic happens right now at Twitch. And that is uh, a twitch.tv slash Solo Darling. I stream three nights a week. Uh, it's Wednesday, Thursdays, and Saturday will be a brunch stream where everything will most likely go wrong in the kitchen because sometimes I don't have hands. You'll see the hands I have. They're not there. Um, I do run a Schmonely dance. And that's a backslash solo darling. And that's my main bread and butter for right now. Uh, as I make my way back to other things, you'd like to see me and Miss Susan, who's not me, definitely not me, pop up at your random local promotions that definitely won't possibly be happening in 2024. So you're going to want to smash all those validation buttons uh, and stay tuned for me and Miss Susan. That's definitely not me. Not at all. <laughs> nope, definitely not. <laughs> Solo, thank you so much again, and I will speak to you very, very soon. Thanks. Talk soon. Bye, everybody. My thanks once again to Solo Darling for jumping on the podcast with me. Really appreciate her time and everything like that. So just to go back through all the socials for her, she is on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash solo darling 219. Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash solo darling. And onlyfans.com slash solo darling. She's also on Instagram at regulation solo darling. Oh, and you can follow her dogs on Instagram as well on, at miscellaneous underscore dog as well. So do that for to follow Thor and Loki. So that's where you can find her and you can find me on Twitter, Instagram and TikTok at Steve Dean Refs. Don't really bother with threads anymore, I'll be honest. I think we all kind of migrated for a minute and then decided not to. Um, But so, yeah, that's where you can find me. Uh, Also, I will be at Future Wrestling on Saturday, October 28th, which is also actually my wedding anniversary. So there you go. Nice bit of uh, fun wrestling for the anniversary as well. The wife will also be on that show as well. 
then um, I'm just going to be in attendance at Impact on the 29th of October and WWE on the 30th of October. So um, nice romantic weekend full of wrestling. But on those dates, whilst uh, I won't be there, on Friday the 27th, my home base of House of Pain is in Renneth, and then on the 28th in St. Anne's, and the 29th at Annie's Burger Shack. Also, Elevation on the 29th will be in Colville for their shows. As far as November, not a lot so far. Just waiting for House of Pain dates. Uh, however, the big one for me there is on the 18th for the debut show of Bleeding Gums Wrestling up in Scotland. So I'll be making my Scotland debut in November, so that'll be cool. Uh, and then the 26th of November for Elevation. So my next guest will be on Sunday, the 5th of November. That will be with Neil and Sean of Fear the Big Deals podcast. Yes, I'm doing another crossover, uh, but really, really enjoy listening to those lads. So definitely check their podcast out in the meantime. Uh, they've taken a small break, but that's something we get into in the podcast anyway. But uh, yeah, they've had loads of really great interviews on there. And yeah, so really looking really look forward to putting that one out there. It's a long one, let me tell you, but it's good fun nonetheless. So ladies and gentlemen, that is all I've got time for for you today. Thank you so much for listening. Please share around, everything like that. Leave comments, reviews, whatever it may be. And thank you all once again. Until next time, let's keep wrestling ridiculous. Thanks for listening to Wrestling Is Ridiculous. The show's logo is by Luke Burton. Find him on Instagram at JailhouseDesignsX or at Luke Burton Designs. The show is produced, recorded, and directed by me, Steve. Find me on Twitter, Instagram, and threads at Steve Dean Refs. Until next time, folks. <laughs>